Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Understanding the Misunderstood. Today I'm joined by Frank Leonardis and I'm very excited to introduce him as our special guest for today's episode. Frank, um, could you please tell us a bit about yourself, what you currently do, and some of your inspirations and why you've wanted to come on this podcast? Yes, absolutely. So my name is Frank Leonardis and I am the author of A Journey of Hope, My Path from Pain to Purpose. Uh, I wrote that book talking about my life, dealing with the death of my parents at a young age, dealing with bullying, uh, the foster care system, and still how I was able to turn it around and still be considered a success story. I've had the privilege and honor to talk about it on Fox and ABC, and I've been able to give several live speeches to students and kids and it's just been an amazing ride and I can't wait to see where it goes from here. And to be on your podcast, it's, it's awesome because I'm out here just trying to follow, follow my dreams and find my passions and just, I was able to connect with you so quickly and you've had the, the gracious courage to just respond back to me so quickly. And I'm excited to see what we can do and how we can help other people through our voices. So thank you. Thank you. I am really excited to have you here. And I think this is a great opportunity for the both of us to, again, connect and share stories, which is the whole purpose of this podcast. So thank you. And I am really, really interested in learning more about your book and where the inspiration came from from it and kind of how you I guess, got into this space and decided to write a book. So could you please tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, let's, uh, let's dive back to when I was right around eight years old. There's just, there was just one night with my father where it was, it was a really hard night where I was just getting beaten and I was thrown against the glass, the glass cabinets and I was getting screamed at and cursed at telling him how much he hates me and how much he wishes I was fucking dead. And I just remember just being alone in that room at night, just crying and just not knowing what, like what was going to do. But I, there was just something ticking in my brain that like, Frank, you're going to be okay. You just got to believe in me. You got to have hope. You got to have faith, Frank. And I, I, I truly believe that that was God speaking to me at that, at that point in time. And just, I felt like as I was growing up, like I've had a story to share. Like I, I just, my mother passed away in my arms when I was six years old. Um, she died of HIV and cancer from cheating on my father. And from then on, it was just him and I. And with living with him, he had a struggle with opioids. He had, he was prescribed four Oxycontins a day for 30 days. And the problem would be that it would be two weeks where he would take them all and he'd be an amazing father where he'd just sit on the couch, eat his ice cream, watch some TV and just be, be kind and friendly. But it was the last two weeks of the month where it was, it was a nightmare where he would just, it was telling me he loved me one second, hated the next second. I just, I would be grounded. I'd be punished. I'd, I could come in and break my items, my DVDs, my games, anything you could think of. And then he'd apologize for it a half hour later. And that's, that's one of the struggles with addiction too, because it's something that he couldn't control. Absolutely. And then, yeah, there's so much more we're going to dive into. Absolutely. And I want to hear about all of it because it's all so important and shapes who you are 
but it's obviously it's not going to be everything to your story that's just a piece of it and that's a part of your development a part of how you've grown as a person and I'm really really interested to hear more about how that affected you and what your daily life looked like and what you carried with yourself dealing with that trauma at such a young age um dealing with it at such a young age so it was i i would go to school and i i did have some very great friends which i was very blessed and i was lucky for because they were able to live with me during this experience um one of my one of my best friends anthony uh i lived he was i was blessed enough for him to take me in when i was at a young age where uh just things were getting really bad with my father. Uh, I was on the track team and he wanted to take me off the track team because he wanted more time with me. It was one of the controlled things that he had, like he was very controlling. And I just remember when he called the coach in the school about taking me off the team and calling Anthony's parents, I said no. And then I, I told Anthony's parents that just what was going on inside of the house and they, they took me in. <laughs> They took me in and I was very blessed about it. But within 30 days, I wanted to go back with my father because I, li- I lived with Anthony for 30 days. And then I, I went back to my father because I feel every son needs his father at the end of the day. And he was all I knew. And I thought what was going on in the house at the same time was normal. I thought it was okay to be told that he loved me. And then he wished I was dead the next day. I thought that was okay. But in reality, it wasn't. So... Just, just, I had an excellent support system around me that was able to just guide me and help me through it. I, I'm, I can't say it enough. I'm very blessed and I'm, I'm lucky to still be here because if it wasn't for the friends that have picked me up when I was down and just survived this, this struggle I've, I've endured my entire life from my father just haunting me, I don't know where I would be. It's almost impossible to think of where we would all be without a support system without people backing us and telling us what is and isn't right. Because I think a lot of the time, like the cycle of abuse is you start to get comfortable with it. Like you said, you start to become, I guess, accustomed to that as a norm. And it is such a terrifying and haunting cycle to be in because like you said, you wanted to go back to your dad after 30 days and that's very common. And you know, that's one of the biggest reasons why it's so difficult to leave in, for example, relationships when there's abuse. And I think carrying that with you, especially as a kid, is one of the most challenging things ever to have to bring to school and have to carry with you putting a smile on your face or trying to, I guess, normalize the situation. So I guess connected to that, I wanted to ask, you touched on it a little bit of how you brought this trauma and this impact to school with you. And I wanted to see if there was ever like a moment when it was so hard to go to school or to socialize because of the trauma you endured. Um, I like, I'd say I faced more problems when I was younger, like in my elementary school days and my kindergarten days, because I was actually living in Jersey. I'm from New Jersey and I was being bullied a lot. But at the same time, I I didn't know how to handle myself. I didn't have anybody I can go to. I didn't have a I didn't have my father I can go to. 
I have a mother I can go to because at that point she was passed away. But there was uh, one time when I was in a, in the daycare center when I was a kid, and all all I remember was I was I was scared shitless to go to the bathroom, and I go to the bathroom. I, I remember uh, I had to I had to I had to go to the bathroom, <laughs> and I hear these kids coming that were picking on me from from day one of going to this daycare and all here's the knock 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 on the bathroom they barged in the door grabbed my head put my head under the toilet three separate times they held it held my head underwater filled with my shit for 30 seconds 30 seconds and then 60 seconds later it just it just got longer and longer but i was able to still overcome that even though when i get home to my father since he was more controlling and he didn't like me to take sh- he didn't want me to take showers or baths like I then had to go to school the next day smelling like that and he didn't care he didn't ask what was going on it's like he didn't even recognize it but yeah that, that's just a, a quick brief story about the elementary school but I guess as I got older um I like I said I had a great support system I had so many best friends around me just pick me up and I was pretty outgoing, but when I was in school, um, sometimes I'd, I would act out in class a little bit, back talking some of the teachers. And I don't know what it is these days, but way back when, I remember there's kids all over the school making those those sex noises and just like talking out loud, like laughing and such, trying to make every inappropriate things to make the teachers get mad or make the other kids laugh in the class. And I was one thousand percent one of them people, one hundred percent, and. Uh, it, it, I mean, it made me happy, but at the end of the day, that's me acting out in class. And if you see a kid or or anybody in class that's acting out, chances are there's something going on at home. 100%. And it's it's so difficult because I think a lot of teachers aren't equipped with the right um, tools and resources to be able to tell if a student might need help or might need to have a conversation or might need you to intervene. So I think that's a huge thing. And based on your story and so many others that I've heard, it's almost, it's almost crucial for teachers to be equipped with the ability to tell if a student needs help and, and decipher the, the signs of abuse from acting out or trauma from acting out because that's a big, big issue. And instead of looking at it as, oh, this child's acting out, kind of taking them aside and actually asking if everything's okay. Because like you said, what happens at home usually presents itself other places. And it's so important, especially in school, for teachers to be equipped with knowing how to spot those signs. So... Well, and like, so that's another thing. A lot of these teachers... Um, they're not supposed to get close to students because of their guidelines and the rules itself. So it's like, I was very fortunate to have somebody look over me and help me as a, as a teacher, my gosh. But I know that not every teacher is going to be like him out there. Not every teacher is going to really care and, and, and want to dive in and want to fix that and want to, want to help a student. And that's, that's okay because they're there for their jobs, but it's the teachers that do more than their jobs that are going to be the ones that are fulfilled, that are, that are God-given out there. Absolutely. And 
you know, the moment a teacher intervenes in a positive way, it could really do so much more than people realize. And, you know, because there are a lot of kids who spend most of their days in school, I think that is one of the most important places to intervene when bad behavior is presenting itself. So, oh, yeah. So, like, I mean, teachers in general, I, I 100% believe they need to be paid more. Uh, absolutely. Are, we spend the most time of our days with teachers. They shape us and they influence and get us ready for the next, for the, for our next stop in life. Like, that's the bottom line. I agree. I 100% agree. And I think they should be given more credit for what they really do for, for students because, you know, sometimes school is the only safe place for kids. And, yes. and, you know, I wanted to ask if, you know, was that the case for you ever? Did you ever feel more safe at school than at home? Oh my gosh. A hundred. Oh yes. Like a, a thousand percent. Um, every single day I looked forward to going to my math class with my teacher, Rick, and he was, I don't, I don't know what it was. It was just something about him that clicked with me. Like I just immediately knew I wanted to be like him. And I saw a lot of him that I wish I had in a father. I I wish that I had somebody that really cared about me and that would give me the tough love that I needed and and just really show that they cared and didn't flip a switch and tell me that they didn't love me or they, they, they hated me the next day. And this teacher went the extra mile for me all the time, whether I was acting out, he was also my, my track coach at the same time too. So I was able to double dip and get two, two blessings of him. <laughs> but without, without him and without uh, his wife as well, they were both played such key roles in my life. Like I looked forward every single day to go there and go into their class. And not that I really cared about math class because it wasn't <laughs> the big thing for me, but he, he was the math teacher. And uh, I would have math once a day, but at the end of our school day, we had something called ninth period where we would have like extra time to just work on our homework in a separate class and we'd have to go to our homeroom. But every single day he would write me a little slip where I can go to his class because that was the class where I felt safe. And at the time, like it was definitely tough for me to identify my feelings with him because I never really trusted anybody. But like after my father passed away, him and I just, it, we just grew a lot closer and I've had other traumatic events as well, like a car accident and just, he was there for me and I felt so safe just being able to go to his class and be in school, especially while my father was alive and was being abusive. Wow. It's people like that that really can save you and he did. Yeah. It's, they have so much of a greater impact than we realize. And we only realize, you know, later. We, we see it as it goes, but we really appreciate it as time goes on, just how supportive a person is and how they really got you through something so, so difficult. And I, I can't imagine. I, it's so amazing of you to share that these are real experiences that have shaped you and that have really brought you to a place where you can now see the light and see outside of this dark tunnel that you've been in. And it's, it's really commendable and admirable. And I think that there's 
a lot more that needs to be said and a lot of education around the cycle of abuse, trauma, how that impacts your life that needs to be shared. So thank you. Of course. Um, my heart's telling me to talk about something, so I wanted to talk about something too. Um, Beautiful. I want to I wanna take you back to the day, a, a few days leading up to, or a few weeks leading up to my father's passing. Yes. So it was right around November 27th of 2013 where my father and I got into this huge argument regarding one of my ex my ex-girlfriends and I remember just being so mad because he would always just listen in on the phone to all of our phone calls he would call her call her a whore call her a slut just say all these terrible things and um the one night I was just fed up with it. I don't I don't remember what I said or if I laughed at something he said, but um, I just remember him charging after me inside of my, I had a little game room and he was in the living room, just charging after me. And um, I was, I was on, I was on the PlayStation, I was on PlayStation three with my buddy Anthony at the time. And uh, he just picked me up like off the ground and got his cigarette and just started jabbing at my chest at me and just saying, I fucking hate you. I fucking hate you. Why would you do this to me? Like, and just said all these vulgar things and this just kept going, going in on me. And it, it, it was, it broke my heart. I just couldn't stop and say like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I'm just crying and screaming how much I love him and how sorry I am. Eventually he walked away. But after that, I just laid on the ground and I was, I was broken. I was lost. I didn't know what to do. I felt like how, how could this get much worse? <laughs> And then I, I made the right decision and I went to the guidance counselor a few days later and I told him everything that happened and that was the last time I actually saw my father. So two weeks later, after I moved in with one of my best friends, Tyler, um, we got a knock on the door and it was my, my lawyer who also has been such an incredible influence on my life and said... There's no easy way in saying this, Frankie, but your father passed away today. And wow, that was December 23rd. The whole day was, it just, it just, it's clear to my head how, how it was a gloomy day. I was feeling like shit the whole day. I had a headache and that just, that killed me inside. I felt like I, I lost my purpose in life. My dad was my purpose. He was everything to me. And I remember just like almost falling over I go to the kitchen I went to the kitchen I just sat at the table my my head my hand in my head and I was just crying and just I didn't know what to think I was right around between 14 or 15 at the time and I just lost my dad I didn't know what's going next like am I going to foster care or are Tyler's parents going to keep me or are they going to just pass me out of the system because I, I know like having an extra child in your house is a lot <laughs> And I was no easy case, and I'm sure anybody could say that, but yeah, I was so grateful for that. But after my dad passed away, it was just adjusting. Like, how the heck do I move on in life? Right. Well, what the heck do I do next? <laughs> and that's where my support systems came in. Like, they were really there to guide me. And uh, I'm just, I know a lot of, not a lot of people have that support system, but I do believe it's important, important to find yourself a great support system three to five people or just somebody. And if you don't have that, chances are you have YouTube or something where you can go online and just watch some powerful videos. Cause there was nights after nights where I'm just 
laying in bed watching YouTube of watching my favorite people like Sean T or David Goggins or uh, Steve Weatherford, just people, just to name a few people like that. It played such a huge impact that I used to watch and just grow up with just to change my mindset. Like, hey, I'm going to be okay and I got to keep moving forward. Absolutely. I I know the the time is almost running out on the Zoom, but um, I I just have one, I guess, last piece that I want you to, to touch on, and that's your your journey to recovery from this trauma and your book, how that how how that started, kind of how you made it out of um, this dark hole in this space that just really left you broken. Um, so with just the way like how I recovered, a lot of things were like just I have an amazing fiance who has also been the entire light in my life too, who has just accepted me and dealt with my bullshit for now over eight years. <laughs> so I was very lucky to have a very stable relationship. And um, it, it's not that I've even recovered because these things are going to, whatever you go through is going to live with you for your whole life. It's just how you're able to manage your shit. Absolutely. And thankfully I've been able to manage my shit pretty well. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to say, and um, I was able to take four or five years out of my life and write a book and it was, it, it's just, it's what my purpose is. It's what my calling is. And, and I want to speak on a stage about my book and about my life and about my experiences, because I believe me sitting here just talking to you and whoever else this touches and impacts, like my story is going to resonate with somebody sometime at some point, and it's going to help somebody. Absolutely. And that's why I, I wrote this book because I want to help people. I want people to feel like no matter what they've gone through in life, they're going to be okay at the end of the day, whether it was abuse, whether it was the cycle of violence, whether it was the loss of their parents at a young age, whether it was drugs, whether it was anything, like they can still get through it. And I'm not trying to say like, oh, my story was worse than somebody else's because no, my story rarely touched, scratched the surface for what some people go through every day. I don't know your story. I don't know what anybody else is going through, but I damn right know one thing. We got one life and we got to make a chance at this. We got to make opportunity out of this. Like, what do you got to lose? That's all, what do you have to lose by putting something out there for other people to hear and to be better? What do you have to lose? And I hope that this touches as many people as possible because with a voice like yours, I know that it's going to travel far. And I know that even though I have very limited experience with this, I I can see so much in you and your story and because you're so open about sharing and because you're so diligent and you have motivated yourself over time to to get through your shit as you said it's going to travel so far and you're going to reach audiences that you'll never even believe and I just know that so thank you and thank you for being a source of safety for someone out there. I know that, like you said, it's going to touch someone. It's going to heal someone and let them know that they're not alone and that there are people out there who understand and who are available to talk to. So I hope everyone buys your book. What's the name of it again? 
A Journey of Hope, My Path from Pain to Purpose. And by the way, it is a bestseller. Just Best, to put that out there. Bestseller. So please, please just check it out. If you're ever like if you're feeling down or empty, just pick pick up the book. <laughs> Amazing. Where is it available? Everywhere? Amazon? Amazon. It's on Amazon.com and if you want more information or hear some of my daily, my daily motivation, um, I'm now like really starting to get into the Instagram and putting myself out there for everybody to see, because as I said, what do we have to lose in life to just give it a chance? So amazing. Frank, thank you so much. I really appreciate you and your story. And I know it's going to touch so many people. So I really appreciate you. Thank you for taking time out of your day to talk about your story and share a piece of you that I know is going to heal so many other people. Thank you so much too. And, uh, this was a, this was a blessing. This was an honor. And I can't, I can't be more grateful for this opportunity you've provided me and just thank you. Thank you, Frank. Well, everyone, that is a wrap on the most recent episode with Frank Leonardis. Please, please, please buy his book on Amazon. It is probably amazing. I'm going to read it as as soon as possible. And I hope that you all have a great day. Thank you for listening.